Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hands. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. All right, so a couple of verses that really set up today. Matthew 9 37, Jesus said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. That's missions. And of course, we all know Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Jesus said to his disciples, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Today we have the privilege of talking to Jim Wilson and Dan Jenkins with Reach Global. Both of these guys are friends of mine. I've met through the through just the Church of Christ all over the world. And these guys are missionaries to the remote ends of the world. Well, okay, Nicaragua, Costa Rica, St. Louis, and today they're in, one of them is in Dallas. But that's like the ends of the world compared to Tampa Bay. Welcome to the show, Jim and Dan. How are you guys today? Great, great. Awesome. I really appreciate you guys being on today. You know, uh, Dan and I met because of a connection, but Dan's actually a connection to me, audience, of he's connected to my youth sponsor back in Minnesota, the guy that mentored me as a 16-year-old. My buddy, Mike Gunderson, is a missionary with Reach Global who said, hey, there's this guy out of St. Louis that's going to Costa Rica. I think you should talk to him. And through that connection, my son ended up spending time with Dan in Costa Rica, and he got to meet Jim Wilson, smashed between Jim and another guy, 
going out to some villages, and my son Joshua got to enjoy some time with Jim. And so these two guys have had a huge impact on my life, and I wanted them to come on the show today to talk about how me, as a business guy, me as a, a Sunday school teacher, a connection group teacher on Sunday, how my skills can be used on the mission field, my business skills, my teaching skills, and that's why we're here today. So, Dan, you're calling in, in today from St. Louis, Missouri, correct? Yes, sir. Hey, is it warm there? Uh, pretty warm today, yeah. Had, had a little bit of rain lately, but uh, not too bad. Yeah, I heard the weather today, Jim, was beautiful in Dallas. Is that true? Pretty nice. It's warm here, too, but it's pretty nice. Yeah, well, it's cold and rainy here. You know, cold. 78 and rainy here for Florida. That's pretty cold in July. We're happy to have it, though. All right, so, Dan, just start off by talking to us about, about where you're living and about a little bit of your family. Sure, Jim. Yeah, as you mentioned, I'm, I'm here in St. Louis, Missouri, although for the past few years we had been in uh, San Jose, Costa Rica, in the capital city there, and uh, been married to Sue almost 17 years, and God's blessed us with uh, three incredible kids. Uh, our daughter Emma is 11, Caleb is 8, and Isaac is 6. All right, and Jim, what about you? Where are you at today? Uh, I'm uh, in the Dallas area. Uh, my wife and I, Melanie, live in San Jose, Costa Rica. Uh, we've been married 36 years. Uh, have a daughter, Hope, who lives with her husband in Huntsville, Alabama. And uh, have a daughter, Candace, uh, who lives with her husband in Abilene, Texas, with our two grandchildren. Nice. So you getting to spend some time with your grandkids when you're there in Texas this week? I did. I got three full days with them, and it was awesome. Oh, that's fantastic. All right, so let's talk. Dan, start off with, we want to talk about your calling from the Lord to go on the mission field, because you're, you're not a lifelong pastor, are you? No, no certainly okay, so, not. So talk about where you were when God said, you know what, Dan, I want you and Sue to go to Costa Rica. Sure. Well, you know, I had always had a heart for missions growing up as a teen and a college student, did a number of short-term trips, and, and so did my wife. But we never really saw how missions um, fit into our lives because we're not pastors, and we did all these short-term teams that were with construction, and, and I'm not, frankly, quite gifted in that area. So as I began my career in, in business and in the communications field, I didn't really see how the two fit. I didn't see how overseas missions and, and my career, or the way that really God had, had gifted me, fit together uh, until one day... Um, we had a missionary speaker at our church that really challenged me to consider, um, could I be using the gifts and, and the abilities that God has given me to serve in the mission field and have been able to find that place um, with, Reach Glo with Reach Global? Cool. All right, Jim, what about you? Now, you are a lifelong pastor. Okay, maybe not lifelong, but as an adult, you've been a pastor, and God called you out of the pastorate into the mission field. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, um... Yeah, I pastored uh, three churches uh, in the U.S. Uh, over the past, uh, I guess, 30 years or so, and uh, it was during my second pastorate in Huntsville, Alabama, that God opened a door uh, for me to visit Nicaragua and explore the possibilities of opening up uh, uh, a mission there uh, that our local church would uh, would embrace, and uh, God showed us that uh, what what was really necessary there was pastoral uh, training, uh, biblical, theological, pastoral equipping for Latin American pastors uh, who have very little access to uh, that kind of training. So we decided as a local church to uh, start a Bible Institute, a training center, 
Uh, and about 15 years later, uh, God opened the door for us to lean into that full time. Over the course of those 15 years, God uh, just really blessed uh, that ministry uh, of one Bible Institute became two, became four, and then um, it was just a passion of my heart, and uh, here we are. It wasn't my plan to be a missionary, uh, <laughs> but God had other ideas. Yeah, it's great how God has plans for us, and we just need to find out where they are. The, things for our lives go so much easier when, when we're following God's plan. Listen, Dan and Jim, I, I, I appreciate you guys so much for calling in. We got Jim calling in from Texas and Dan calling in from St. Louis. I'd love to have him in the studio today because I haven't seen him. Well, I've never met Jim face-to-face except for Skype, and I haven't seen Dan in over a year. I'd sure love to be in the studio with you guys today, but thanks for calling in. All right, so start off with Jim. Talk about your life verse, because as you guys get called in the ministry, I I'm sure that there is a verse that uh, God laid on your heart. Jim, what's your life verse? Yeah, my my favorite passage, it's, it's really more than just a verse, but uh, my favorite passage, the one that uh, I think informs uh, the direction of my life is Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 to 20. Uh, it's, it's known as the Christ hymn. It just exalts Jesus. Uh, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation for by him were all things created, whether things in heaven, things in earth, things below the earth, and, and in him uh, all things hold together, and he has the supremacy over all things. Uh, so that, that is the verse that, uh, that really just drives me. Okay. And Dan, what about you? Yeah, Jim, my, my life verse uh, is Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And, and, you know, that's, of course, a pretty well-known verse, and I think as Americans, we, we latch on to it. We like this thought of, well, I can do all things. Uh, you know, if I just set my mind to it, it's kind of part of our culture, right? I can do whatever I set my mind to. And, and for me, the, the key, of course, it's, it's, of course, the second half of that. It's through Christ who gives me strength. And, and that's something that um, I try to always have the last part of that verse keeping keeping me in check in, in my day-to-day walk. Well, and for all you Gators fans out there, uh, obviously Tim Tebow uh, made that verse famous. He wrote it underneath his eyes almost every Gators game, so that, that everybody wanted to know, what's that verse mean? What's that verse mean? So that was uh, that's a good one. I like that. All right, so Dan, start off talking about, and we'll break this up into sections, but talk about what, you're, what the ministry is that you're working with in Costa Rica. Sure. Our, our ministry is called Business Discipleship, or really Discipleship Through Business. So it's equipping lay leaders in Latin America to teach and mentor others in topics anywhere from financial stewardship to work and to business. Okay. And Jim, talk about what, what you're currently doing in Costa Rica and Nicaragua. Yeah, the primary thing that we have going in, in Costa Rica, Nicaragua, and actually Panama as well is uh, we've established uh, several pastoral training centers. Uh, they're Bible institutes that uh, have about a seven-year completion uh, program. There are 15 courses that we uh, teach over those, uh, over those seven years, uh, and it's basically a, a Bible college curriculum that we try to bring to, to pastors and church leaders uh, in, um, in Nicaragua, Costa Rica, and Panama, and we have dreams of expanding it uh, throughout Central America as well. Um, and essentially what we do is we bring in uh, people from uh, U.S. churches, uh, 
um, as well as work with uh, those that we've trained up within uh, within the ministry itself. So we have a combination of uh, both uh, North Americans and Latin Americans who comprise our, our teaching teams to uh, pour into these pastors and, and, and give them the kind of theological and biblical education that uh, they don't have access to. Well, why, you know, why can't they just go to school, Jim? Well, there are a lot of factors involved in that. Uh, cost is one. Uh, it, it's, uh, it, it's pretty expensive for, um, uh, for these guys to, to head off to the major cities where uh, the very few seminaries exist. Uh, there aren't that many options, and the options that do exist are, are pretty expensive. Most of these guys uh, are living on subsistence incomes. Uh, they're, uh, they're trying to pastor their church while holding down another job, and they just flat don't have the money. Um, so what we've decided to do is, is bring uh, theological education to them, uh, there's a second part of our strategy, uh, and that is to actually mobilize the U.S. Church uh, as as the tool to do that. So, okay, we're, we'll go into that in a second. I want you to hold that thought. I want you to hold that thought, because I want to go back to Dan. Now, Dan, when I came to visit you in Costa Rica, you were going to, if I remember it correctly, Vida Abundante del Este, the church. That was the church you are going to. And you were starting this business, discipleship ministry there and in the communities around there. And I'm sorry for all of you that's Spanish-speaking people out there. I'm sorry. You know, you know, I, I walked there. I saw the church. <laughs> I didn't understand anything they said, but the song sounded familiar because they were the same tune. Dan, what exactly is the purpose? What are you trying to do, and how did you get this thing started? Because you started from scratch. Yeah, Jim, we, we, we sure did. So uh, learned learned quite a bit along the way, and I'm still learning quite a bit along the way. But um, one of the things that uh, we realized in our, our um, initial time, our initial months in Costa Rica, um, is that um, if you go to any church in Latin America, well, probably any church in the world, um, there are there's a need for um, teaching people in, in topics like financial stewardship. There's a need for jobs. There's a need for um, Christian business people to understand how to live those principles out in their work. But typically, we find that um, either the, the pastors um, are so busy, they don't have a chance, they don't have time um, even if they have the expertise, they certainly don't have the time or the tools to um, help equip the people in their communities and their churches in these areas. So um, I set out with the goal of, uh, to begin with to, to really find some key Latino business leaders, some lay leaders within some of these congregations, and particularly Vida Abundante del Este, to work with me um, to help uh, to help them be trained to train others in their church and their community. All right, so here's my question. Okay, they're having this problem where the pastors in Central America don't have enough time to uh, to to teach the people in their church about you know how to you know how to run a business in a Christ-like manner. What about doing that here in the U.S.? Because I got to tell you. You couldn't name me a hundred churches in the United States that are teaching their business owners how to run a business in a Christ-like fashion. It's just not happening. Well, why do you got to do it overseas? Can't we do it here? Well, we certainly can do it here. And, and so my answer to that question is, yeah, it's 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 absolutely a both and. Um, that there's a need here, there's a need there, Jim. And in some of the areas also that we touched upon in, in Latin America, um, 
are areas that, that we kind of take for granted in the U.S., so things like financial stewardship or, or on this station. You know, there, there's Dave Ramsey. Anyone can access it. But those sorts of, of programs um, are really hard to come by, um, especially in a cost-effective manner in, in Latin America. Um, things like teaching people Christian principles, uh, uh, how, how to develop their character so they can get a job and keep a job. Um, again, uh, really hard to come by in Latin America. Okay. All right. Now, now, Jim, when you, you know, actually just, okay, both of you are sitting in Costa Rica. You know, both your families called it Costa Rica. Now, a lot of people here in Tampa Bay are going, I like Costa Rica. We go there on vacation. This place is fantastic. Now, I, I visited San Jose. And it was less than spectacular. Uh, you know, when I was there, I was in there in October, and I know you guys have a rainy season, but apparently in October there's the rainy, rainy season. It was not on the calendar. However, that's what it was like, the water coming back up from the ground instead of just down from the sky. And it was also really cool, like cold, like 60 and pouring down rain. So you guys live in tropical paradise, but you're in the middle of a big city. Uh, you know, a lot of people, did anybody ever give you a hard time about going to, gosh, I, I've i been called to the Caribbean. You know, I got to go to Costa Rica. Plus the surfing, pretty good. That's what my son said, both sides, the Pacific and the Caribbean. You know, people ever give you a hard time about going to Costa Rica for missions? Uh, occasionally. Uh, but you know, you just let that stuff slide. Um, you know, I'm I'm not doing what I'm doing in order to uh, gain the favor of, of of people, and you know, people can form their own opinions. Uh, the reality is, uh, live, living in San Jose is is nice. I mean, the the, the climate for most of the year is nice, uh, so we enjoy that. Uh, but it's certainly not. Uh, you know, we we our our scale of living did not um, go up. When we when we moved to uh, to Costa Rica, no, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure not. Dan, what about you? I mean, what did, did people well, give you a hard time? I, oh, sure. I, you know, people say, "Oh, yeah, Costa Rica." We saw that on House Hunters International. Well, you know, <laughs> where we live was was a little different. But I, look, I always invite people. Say, yeah, it, it is an incredibly beautiful country. Come visit, check it out. Go to a beach, check out the mountains, and then when you want a taste of what real life is like. Come hang out with us and and uh, you know do some ministry, meet some real people, um, get off the resort, and uh, you know get 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 both worlds. Absolutely. In the first half of our show, we've been talking with Jim Wilson and Dan Jenkins from Reach Global. We're talking about can God use my business skills in a mission field, and we're just now getting to the meat of it. You know, Dan and Jim have just both described their ministries and and really just the basis of it. So we're going to get into the meat of that. But both of them are working out of Costa Rica and the San Jose, Costa Rica. I was giving them a hard time. Hey, do people give you a hard time about you know living in tropical paradise? I will tell you, I have been to San Jose, Costa Rica. That's not the place people go to visit when they're on vacation. They go down to uh, the, uh, what, what, what was it called? Down at the Pacific Coast. Dan, what was that place called? The, the, uh, well, there are a lot of them on the Pacific Coast. Guanacaste is up in the northwest, which is, is a beautiful vacation spot. Yep. Yeah, but there's, I know there's a whole bunch of them. All right, so here's here's what it has impacted my life, what you guys are doing. Dan, you're going into churches, and you're equipping churches, uh, teaching them how to equip their business people in order to glorify the Lord with their lives in their businesses and in their daily walk. How are you guys doing that, and, and how can Christian business people from the U.S. get involved in that? Sure, yeah. We're doing that really, Jim, with a few different ministry partners where we've been taking some 
um, some U.S.-based programs and, and helping to um, translate them and, and contextualize them, or as we say, tropicalize them and, and apply them um, in, in Latin America. You know, as far as getting U.S.-based business people involved, one of the things we've done, we've had a couple of um, kind of experimental short-term teams this past year, and teams specifically, small teams of four or five business people who have come down, and, and we've, we've done some very targeted uh, teaching on business-related topics, but then also just spending time um, getting to know um, some of these Costa Rican business leaders and you know, making some connections, uh, building some friendships. What's the coolest thing you've seen happen so far as a result of the ministry that you've been able to help start? Jim, it's all about the people. It's, it's how God continues to place just the right people um, in my life at the right time who say, um, yes, I'm, I'm a business person, and I've been feeling kind of on the sidelines in, in, in ministry, um, and, and this is a ministry, this business ministry that I can get involved in, and I can serve others, and, and, and it, it's, changing, um, it's changing lives of, of those, the people who are doing the teaching and the mentoring, as well as those that, that they're teaching. Now, I, and when you went out there on the field, I know that you, I kept recommending great business resources, things to really mentor uh, Christian business people with, and a lot of them weren't written in Spanish. And you had to do a lot, you had to do a lot of interpretation of those things or translation of those things, didn't you? Sure. And, and, and again, Jim, that's just a sign of, of um, just a, a team effort of people that I'm um, sure I've, I've done some of it, but. Um, God placing other missionaries in my path who, 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 that I've partnered with, other ministries from the U.S., um, some, some Latinos from, from Costa Rica, um, that, that uh, again, you know, being able to, to share that, that burden, but also sharing that vision of what this ministry can become. Now, you were in business. You were a business leader before you went on the mission field. How have you been able to apply your business skills to mission work? Well, you know, part of it, I suppose, is, is uh, you know, starting a ministry program from the ground up of just really assessing, um, assessing the needs in, in, in these communities, really, you know, basically assessing the market and, um, and developing a strategy and, and testing that out. And we piloted the ministry there in Costa Rica, um, have had uh, very good feedback. It's growing there. And now um, carrying it on to the Dominican Republic, where I'll be uh, uh, next week, and uh, equipping some leaders there. Um, so, so that that's essentially it. I got one one thing for you to learn when you go to the Dominican Republic: do not buy bananas from the roadside <laughs> vegetable stands and fruit stands. I won't go into details. All right. So, <laughs> sorry, way too much uh, information there. Okay, Jim, when I first was introduced to you by Dan, uh, and, and then I found out that you had spent time with my son, one of the things you told me was so fascinating. I thought, man, my normal skills could be used on the mission field. I thought, no way. All right. I, I, I've grown up in the church. Uh, I, I really started walking with the Lord as a 13 year old, but I've been teaching Sunday school since I was 16 years old. And when you started to tell me that these pastors that are pastoring churches all over Central America, most of them have had no formal education, uh, most have had no biblical training, and that the that me as a, as a seasoned, uh, I hate calling it Sunday school, we call them connection groups at our church, but you know, as a seasoned connection group teacher, I have more, typically more biblical knowledge than your average pastor there. Tell me how that, how that is, and, and maybe correct me if I may misspoke something, that how you can use somebody like me, a normal business guy who's just out there volunteering in, in your ministry. 
Well, you, you didn't misspeak, uh, unfortunately, and uh, that, that, is the, that is the case. Uh, there are many, many pastors who have no formal education of any kind, much less biblical, theological, formal education. Um, that's just the reality. How that happens, there's a wide variety of uh, causative factors that, that produce that, but uh, that, that is the fact. Um, and, you know, the, the other reality on this side of, of things, on the U.S. side, is that we are blessed within our culture with uh, lots and lots of uh, great Bible teaching that we have access to with, with the churches that we attend, books that we have an opportunity to read, um, podcasts that we can, that we can subscribe to, uh, CDs that we can listen to. Uh, th- there are a number of great teachers that, that we have access to that, that is not the case in Latin America. Um, unfortunately, not only is there a dearth of good stuff, there is an abundance of bad stuff. And uh, unfortunately, a lot, of, a lot of the pastors just regurgitate what they hear on the radio or on television, and typically it's, it's not sound doctrine. Mm. So those of us who have grown up in the U.S., that, that don't have uh, necessarily a formal seminary degree or Bible college degree are much further down the road than these guys. And to have a heart uh, to come and share um, is, is just a great thing. And um, you know more than you think you do. And if the heart is there to study a little bit beforehand, we provide all the material, um, then you can be a huge blessing uh, to, to those that you come to serve. All right. Now, tell me specifically, when you set up a program, you're, you're going into uh, villages or small cities. In, in, in How many different places are you working right now, Jim? We have, we have eight uh, different locations in, in Nicaragua that range from uh, remote villages to, to some fairly good-sized uh, population centers. We, right. have eight, um, we have eight in Nicaragua, we have three in Costa Rica, and we have one in Panama right now. Okay. All right. So that's 12. All right. And, well, and the way you described it to me is that you try to partner with a local U.S. church that is willing to commit over the next seven years to coming to that village or city with a group of people to teach twice a year and to and to take on the responsibility of doing the teaching. But as part of the fundraising that they're doing to raise their funds to come and do the teaching, they also raise money to help bring the pastors in from the remote villages into the central location. And also, provi- so you're providing transportation and food so that it, me, if I want to come teach uh, and adopt a, a, a a certain area, I'm committing for uh, about seven years, but me and a group of people, but I'm also raising money to help get these guys there so they can hear it. Talk about how that works. Yeah, that's, that's right. And seven years may sound like a long time, uh, but the, one of the things that I've learned over the course of uh, doing this is that, you know, it really is all about uh, in, investment in relationship. And it's a different kind of strategy than pop in, you know, and, and kind of get your feet on the ground, and next year we'll go someplace else. Now, this is a long-term commitment to a place and to a particular group of people that you're going to keep showing up, or that church will keep showing up uh, over the course of time. So, yeah, what, what, the, what the church does is uh, when they adopt the location, they, they make the commitment that they will provide the professors from their church. I've raised up a team of translators, so having language skills is, is not necessary. Uh, we've got a team of, of translators that will 
turn your English into Spanish uh, for those who, who come. Uh, we've, we've come up with a way that it doesn't impact the church budget uh, at all. Uh, now, if the church wants to put it in their budget, that's fine, but uh, it, that's not necessary. We, we, uh, we encourage uh, people to raise their own funds by expanding the work of the kingdom and raising their own support through friends, family, uh, whatever means they can, they can use to get people to support them and send them uh, on this trip on a personal basis. Jim, talk uh, just really quickly, because we're going to come to break here in a second. What kind of really cool stuff have you seen happen as a result of involving people from the U.S. getting plugged into the, this ministry? Yeah, on the U.S. side, uh, one, of the, one of the really neat things that, that I saw is um, I encouraged a, a small group leader uh, to go with us once, and uh, he, he didn't think he had quite the skills necessary to go. I saw something in him that, that he didn't see in himself, and I encouraged him to go. Uh, he, he taught and uh, got thoroughly, thoroughly excited about it. Uh, went back to the church, uh, and uh, his service in the was and Jim, we'll come, we're, we're, gonna, we're running out of time, guys. I can't believe this is going so fast. Yeah, I know. It's, it's shocking to you, too. I can tell. <laughs> Thanks for that dead air time. I appreciate it. Okay, listen. We, what I, what I want to draw out of you guys is how normal people, people that are non-full-time paid pastoral staff, how, how guys like me can get plugged into your ministries and helping you. So, Dan, start us off. How can a normal guy like me get plugged into helping you? Well, Jim, you know, a, a first step is um, is really a, a, a short-term team, and and that's um, as I mentioned, we've done a couple teams in the past with business people that were focused on using the specific um, abilities of, of the business people to do some workshops um, uh, on the mission field. Um, that's that's a great, uh, a really great first step. All right, Jim, what about you? Yeah, for, for guys that have teaching skills and have passions to teach, uh, I would love to incorporate some guys uh, like that into some short-term teams as well. Uh, but we mobilize people to do things other than, than just teach. That's kind of the center and the core of what we do. But uh, we mobilize people to in, engage themselves and deploy themselves in all kinds of uh, serving ministries, working with schools, orphanages, uh, working in prisons, uh, doing building projects. Uh, doing things uh, in conjunction with, with what Dan's doing uh, in, in uh, training business leaders. So uh, if, if you've got a passion to serve Christ overseas, uh, we would love to, to talk with you, and we can find a way to, uh, to put you, uh, to put you in, in gear. What's your, you know, Dan, as you're remodulating your ministry, what is the biggest need that you have, Dan, with your, your ministry to business people as you're kind of refocusing and, and, and getting it set? What are, what are your biggest needs? Well, one of them, Jim, is really um, is finding really good partners on the ground in Latin America. And I realize it's not really... <laughs> I don't know that your, your listeners are necessarily plugged in there. Maybe they aren't, but, uh, but that's, that's always a need, is finding um, kingdom-minded uh, ministry partners um, in churches on the ground in Latin America who, who will um, uh, not, not only get behind uh, this sort of ministry, that, that, that's not that hard to find, but those with a broader vision who have some business leaders within their congregations that will say, yes, we'll take this, not, not, we're not going to keep this for ourselves, we're going to take it beyond the walls of our church into the communities, we're going to share it with an open hand with some other churches. 
All right, Jim, what about you? What, what are your specific needs that you need, that you have right now? Yeah, I, I really need some supporting churches, honestly, uh, some churches that would uh, step up and say, I would love to mobilize our church and adopt uh, a location in, um, in Latin America. Unfortunately, because of my lack of uh, having enough churches for all the needs that are out there, I've had to say, wait, wait, wait. Uh, we'd, we'd love to come to your, your city and, and uh, launch a, a pastoral training uh, program, but uh, if I don't have the, the church and, and the finances to back it up, then I, I, I can't do it. So that, that's, that's one of the, the real needs is, is um, adopting churches um, or, or just sheer finances to, to pull it off. Okay. So me as a business guy, let's say I, I, I want to help you out, Jim. What exactly do I need to do to get started? I mean, what, what kind of, I mean, I need to be, I need to get a church group behind me to get started, but I mean, how, how long does the process take from the beginning of, hey, that sounds really cool to getting started teaching? Uh, well, that depends. I mean, if it's, if it's uh, working with uh, a local church that really wants to take this on, that would uh, probably be a couple of months. Uh, because we would obviously need to do some planning, some talking, some thinking and strategizing about how to pull it off so that we're not uh, moving into this without having our ducks in a row somewhat. So, um, you know, I think, you know, contact me at jim.wilson at efca.org, and uh, I'd, I'd love to, to talk with anyone interested, and uh, we'll put it together as quickly as we can, as quickly as is prudent. And I will put both of your contact information on my website this tonight on uh, the I Work For Him website under the blog section, so you can have that. All right, lastly, before we go into our book highlight, it, just quick, a challenge that you guys want to send out to the listeners here in Tampa Bay. Dan, you first. Sure. Uh, you know, my challenge, Jim, would be this, the same question that, that uh, really prompted me to, to uh, go down this path, which was, um, what are you doing to serve? That was a question that this missionary asked me years ago. And, and for uh, my encouragement to your listeners would be to just think about um, what's, what's holding you back. If you feel like God is, is placing a call on your life, um, uh, what's holding you back from, from getting after that? And Jim, what about you? Yeah, I would say just to uh, em- embrace the, the spiritual principle of the, the fact that we have been blessed to be a blessing. Uh, God has not blessed us to hoard his gifts, God has blessed us to deploy His gifts, to use His gifts that He's given us. And uh, I, 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 as a pastor for many years, I, I, I watched many people sit on their gifts. And yeah. if, Go ahead. If, if, if God has, has gifted you, uh, there's an expectation uh, from heaven that, that you use that gift, and I would just challenge you to, to get after it. Yeah, I like to put it this way, that God doesn't uh, bless us to increase our status of living. He blesses us to increase our status of giving. All right, the next part of our show, brought to you by Karis Christian Books and Gifts. Of course, my beautiful wife, Martha's Bookstore, that's located inside the First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks. Today, we're highlighting a book that Dan gave me several years back called When Helping Hurts. Dan, just tell me, what's so significant about that book? Uh, Jim, it, it's significant because it really provides us with a framework for as the typically the North American church oftentimes thinking that uh, that we've got it all together, we've got all the answers, and and when helping hurts provides a framework that says, you know what, we are all broken, and and we all need um, uh, the, the healing that comes from our Savior, and and it helps to um, also provide a framework that says. Um, 
you know, so many times we go in thinking that we're helping. We're going to go there and help those people because financially they have less than us. When Helping Hurts helps to set up a framework, whether it's for short-term teams or long-term missions, to think about how can we take a longer-term view and, and develop relationships that will bear fruit in the long term and really meet um, the heart needs of, of the people that we're, we're ho- help, hoping to serve. Perfect. Thanks, Dan. All right, a couple of questions just to ask the audience. Are you using your business skills just for you? Have you ever been on a short-term missions trip? If the answer is no, you've got to go. When was the last time you asked your pastor or a missionary if they could use your business expertise to help solve a problem? Are you willing to let God use all that he has given you for his glory, even if it means you may need to give it away? All right, please check out our website, the iWorkForHim.com website. There's all kinds of great resources on the site. It's brand new. There's links on that site to all of our show sponsors, including the link uh, to uh, WTIS1110.com, where you can listen to the archives of the show. Gentlemen, thank you very much for being on the show. We got Dan Jenkins and Jim Wilson with Reach Global. Thanks, guys, for being on the show. Absolutely. Thank, thank, you, thank you, Jim. You, Jim. All right. And, and audience, please take time to like us on Facebook. Just search for I Work For Him. Finally, just so you know, I need to get people on the show that are learning how to allow their, the, the transformational power of Jesus Christ to impact their lives, their family, and their workplace. I need you, my Tampa Bay audience, to introduce them to me. Email me at jim at iworkforhim.com. That's jim at iworkforhim.com. Thanks to Mike Miracle for doing an awesome job on the board and keeping these guys connected to me from all over the country. You've been listening to the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I am a Christ follower. I own my own business, and I'm an employee. I don't know about you, but I work for him. This might hurt. It's not safe, but I know that I've got to make a change.